Welcome to the Weaving Magic Podcast, where we discuss the different ways to weave magic throughout your daily life. We are your hosts, Alyssa Lilly and Tara Webb, and we are thrilled to guide you in this magical journey of exploration and ritual. Welcome back to the Weaving Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Tara Webb, and today I want to talk about between Scylla and Charybdis. Now, for anyone who has uh, read the Odyssey and the Iliad, we read those in high school, and I don't know if they're still taught or not. Um, But that is something that stuck with me for many years, the concept of uh, between Scylla and Charybdis. So that is where we get the term between a rock and a hard place, or one of the ways we get that term because um, in the Odyssey, whenever Odysseus is navigating the sea, they say, you know, you can go in between the two and it's between Scylla and Charybdis. And I think Charybdis is the large um, underwater monster. And when I think of Charybdis, I think of it like um, this huge whirlpool in the water with like razor sharp teeth um, in different directions of the water going in a circle. So as if, you know, you were falling into this whirlpool and at some point you could just be cut by teeth. <laughs> That's what I imagine uh, Charybdis as. It's said that it's just an underwater a sea monster, but I think of it as a whirlpool. At least it also has, I think, been depicted throughout a lot of ancient like greek looking um movies and stuff and i also know with uh pokemon there's a like a whirlpool in the game that looks like that as well and then the other is skilla which is like a a sea monster or a monster that's inside of a rock or on a rock and the idea is that they had to navigate through that because if you went too close to this whirlpool you would fall in and you'd die the ship would just crash and they'd all be dead um, and then I think if you went next to Scylla, um, maybe that was even where they had the sirens and they would uh, sing to you and you jump out. Or maybe that was where uh, Scylla would like pull you out from the um, the boat, from your ship and like with long tentacle arms. Not quite sure. The whole point of this, as I'm tangenting around, is that between a rock and a hard place has been uh, a saying to me that... I've just kind of resonated with for most of my life. And that's where I feel at this moment. And I'm kind of bringing this up because I feel like the energy around the collective, around a lot of us, is kind of stuck. Um, I've heard this from multiple people lately where it's like, I have these ideas that I want to implement that sound so cool, but I'm not doing it. Um, I even know I'd be really good at doing it, but... I just haven't done it yet, or I can't seem to find the energy to do it, or I want to go sleep instead. And I know that sounds like kind of typical in some ways where we're like, yeah, I was just tired and decided not to. Or if you haven't been like giving to your dreams in general, well, yeah, um, those who don't typically give to your dreams will even less likely, right, listen to this feeling inside of us of like having a desire to go create or go do something. But right now, I feel it even more so because it's like a bridge is missing between our desire to go and create something beautiful and taking that step to do it. There is like someone has burned down the bridge. 
um, to access these two lands together. And you are hanging onto either end of the bridge in the middle, um, your feet touching the water. And even below there is Charybdis and Scylla. So, you know, not just a rock and a hard place, but like even more so rock and a hard place. And you're just being strung up tight, holding on to these two places so you don't fall. So what do we do? At the moment, what I'm kind of going through is feeling like there's not enough time during the day to do all the things that I want to do. I envision so many just high vibe choices on my path, you know, becoming a best-selling author and um, really getting this publishing coach thing off the ground in a unique way that will just call in those that are really feeling the desire to be a part of this journey. This podcast, the dreams that Alyssa and I have for this and, you know, different things with our community and how we really want to connect with those in our community even more so, go deeper. Um, Then things with the work that uh, Alyssa and I do as contractors separately, but together, because <laughs> my life with Alyssa is so intertwined, it's beautiful. Um, But even with that, like, you know, these ways that we want to just help and improve the area that we are working on there. And then I have levels of the way I want to give to my kids. And that's become a non-negotiable for me, where at night I want to sit in the room with them and read to them for an hour and a half. And that sounds like a long time, but each of them get roughly like 30 minutes of me just being with them. And, you know, if you look at the entire day, that can seem like daunting. And, you know, my kids technically could have me for the entire day. And, you know, that's my time. But I am enjoying sitting there and reading this chapter book with the boys And I'm actually really enjoying the story too, but it kind of gives me a time to wind down where if not, I could just continue to go. So all of these non-negotiables that I have, you know, think of it like Odysseus, his non-negotiable of of going through that narrow straight and not hitting either part. Where do I fit the other things in? In our last episode with um, Alyssa and I, I talk about biting the elephant piece by piece. And I just want to make a note. I was talking with my therapist one day and he mentioned biting an elephant piece by piece without me even saying anything. And I was like, oh, okay, it is a thing. I'm not entirely crazy. So I just had to bring that up, that there is a saying about biting an elephant piece by piece. Um, But yeah, we talked about that in our last duo episode, I guess you could say about taking it bite by bite. And I kind of want to look at what do you do when even that seems overwhelming? Right now I have the desire to just go and lay in bed, fully knowing I have all this other stuff that I need to do. So how do you balance that where your body's so tired and you want to you know, at least do something and feel productive. But the thing that is, you know, at the top of your list, your little bite, the thing that's at the top of your list is still difficult. You know, at this point of night, when I am this tired and kind of exhausted from the day, um, even having like a frustrating day like I have today, I don't really want to, to go and use my brain to write per se, because that uses more energy. 
um, I'm recording this podcast. That's an example of something I'm doing that even though the other thing has a bit more of a time limit on it, I am choosing to still do something productive that will actually be um, helpful in the long run because I'm exhausting myself a bit more and getting out, you know, words, thoughts in a way that will help my mind have more ease. I've also picked up three things that I'm doing throughout the day that I'm going to talk about later that, you know, if my day just doesn't go well, no matter what, I will do these three things. So I think I want to add to the biting of the elephant that if you want to take that bite, you can also make it a very specific bite into it. It doesn't even have to be like the top thing that you need done. It can be something really small, something that is important, but you're more likely to put on the back burner. And if that's, you know, looking at your list, well, one, writing out a list is very important. That's once it gets out of my head, it's easier to see what I actually have to do and find a solution along the way. So if you're feeling that just can't do the five um, things in front of you, you know, that kind of taking the present moment and you don't know where to start on your um, huge list inside of your head, biting the elephant, write it all down and then, you know, number it based on the most important Or if you're at this point where I am right now, where it doesn't matter what's most important, I can only get a certain thing done, look at it time-wise, you know, estimate. And I would say overestimate, like if you think like recording this podcast would take 30 minutes maybe, um, I would give it 45, right? Because I want to overestimate because if I think that it's going to take longer and I still have the stamina for that long estimation and it comes up short perfect. But if you look at it and say, well, you know what? I think this podcast would take only 10 minutes to record. And then I get through the 10 minutes and I have to go to, you know, another, then my mind isn't adequately prepared. Um, for those of us who are really like needing expectations and needing like a preparation before jumping into something else, it is a a big deal if you have planned something out and it goes past that time limit and not so much as if it goes lower, right? Because if you have a 30 minute block on your, on your calendar and you're, you know, you don't use that entire area, then it kind of feels like more freedom, at least for me. If I go past that, I'm like, oh no, I'm running up against things. So really look at, you know, overestimate the time by a little bit. It doesn't have to be 15 minutes, right? Overestimate the time and then look at what can I do that will feel productive tonight won't entirely drain me, um, but also, you know, isn't extremely time consuming that if I had to get on a rabbit hole of something that it wouldn't just, you know, take up an enormous amount of time. Something I have to do is write. And I feel like when you write, at least for me, I get in my brain really hard and things have to be a certain way. So if writing is like that for you, even estimating 30 minutes and having to step away because who knows what rabbit hole you might have gone down while writing your story or writing a blog post and needing to go a certain way. And, you know, also with writing, you tend to like ideas at least come And if you don't jot that down and you go to sleep, you'll forget them. Major writing note there. Um, That's why sometimes I'm like grabbing my phone in the middle of the night because I have an idea. And if I don't write it down, it's gone. And I, I never at least remember if I get it back. So 
that is a big tip that I recommend is, you know, writing down those time limits to see what is actually doable at that moment. And this is where I want to hop in with my three things that I'm doing at every day to ensure that I feel productive or accomplished or just like I haven't wasted the day. I've talked in the past about one of them being making my bed and that comes almost second nature to me now. Um, Making my bed, having an adequate amount of water, um, drinking certain drinks throughout the day, things like that, you know, making my oatmeal at night for the morning, those have become second nature. So now I'm shifting into how I can have certain things that impact my day as a whole as well. For example, you know, I have the oatmeal in the morning that I eat and If I don't have that, then my body's a little off. So I chose three things that I wanted to do for 33 days. And uh, yesterday was technically my first day of doing all of them that I started. So the first thing I chose to do is that I'm going to go to bed every night by 10, 1030 at the latest. Like I'll be in bed. That doesn't mean I'm going to be asleep, but it at least is starting the habit to where I'm in the bed. Not like at 1030, I'm still on the computer oh, okay, yeah, I need to go get ready for bed. And then, you know, 11, 11.30, I have to be in the bed by 10.30. My ideal time would be um, in the bed by 9.30. But I'm starting at this point because getting in the bed and getting enough sleep then sets how your next day will go. And I want to start at that point versus, hey, the next morning, I want to, you know, get up at this time every morning. Well, if I didn't go to sleep the night before, then I'm not going to make that time. Or I may make it one or two two days, but I will be even more tired, right? So I won't be able to continue the day with as much vigor as I would like. So I chose to start the night before, and that is, you know, being in bed by 1030 and I'm reflecting on the day. I'm doing where I write three pages of journaling every day. And that can either be in the morning or at night. I haven't decided which I like yet. But I will say it has to be one or the other because last night as I planned out my schedule for the next day, I got really bummed about looking at my calendar and things seeming like I had no space for anything. And by anything, I mean I put my non-negotiable times in there, which I'm super proud of myself for. I highly recommend that when looking at a schedule is scheduling in your non-negotiables. What a friend of mine called it would be things that make you a human. You know, what is it throughout the day that make you human? Um, A hug, you know, having a cup of coffee, getting up at a certain point, right? Like what are those things that if you don't have those, you feel less human-like? And I think that's a really good way of looking at it because we tend to forget that uh, we can feel good as a human being. And so, you know, my non-negotiables are what time I eat and having that hour and a half with my kids at night. And so even just those things, and now, you know, going to bed, even just those things place restrictions on my time throughout the day. And that's okay because that's what I wanted. But also looking at those times, I got in a very despondent brain mindset. Um, I went to bed and I, earlier that morning, I had written 
two and a half pages. And so I started finishing that, you know, half of a page to finish my three pages. And doing that was actually more frustrating because I started to journal out, but did not finish my thoughts. So then I slept, I presume, overnight um, with this still in my subconscious without it releasing. And I woke this morning, um, Ori was very, very fussy and he wanted to just to go down and get food. I wasn't wanting to nurse him because I nursed him most of the night and I was just tired. So I didn't get to immediately journal my thoughts and continue to release the despondency onto paper. So the entire day has had this feeling. And that's why I say, you know, if you're going to choose to journal, I would say sticking with one and, and journaling the entire time, the entire three pages, because halfway journaling last night just made it even more difficult for my entire day today. So that's number two that I'm doing is I'm journaling those three pages and I think I want to do them at night. Um, but I get to play with that because that's kind of my choice at the moment. And then the third thing is that I have this book called, um, your future self. That's what it is. Your future self. And it has questions. that's like, you know, um, what is one thing you're grateful for and name three reasons you're grateful for that one thing. What are you, what can you do today to really step into your future self? And I really like how the questions are worded. So that's one thing I'm doing every morning. Now, as I look at those three things, I chose them because It is a way that I can get out of my mind and be more in my body throughout the day. And that is a really big thing for me, which is kind of why today was so difficult because I felt like I was in my brain a lot. I was in my mind a lot. So I really want to talk about another way that if, you know, you can't, like I I could have gone and journaled today. I just didn't make the time. I don't want to say find the time. I didn't make the time to do that during the day. So what was something else I could have done? And I'm processing with, you know, you listening here with me because I feel like um, Alyssa and I really want to show that we are not perfect and we don't have all the answers. And so I'm coming, you know, at this moment knowing I probably should have done these things today and I didn't do them. And so I'm coming here kind of working through them with you. So, you know, you as a listener can see that we're on the same path as you. Um, Sometimes we excel at certain things and sometimes we just, you know, flop really, really big. So, you know, what could I have done to help my body kind of connect with my mind? Well, yoga, right? You can move your body. You can dance. I would say also just uh, choosing to journal. And even then, if you have the ability, sometimes it's good to just go take a nap. (laughs) Sometimes a nap is one of the best ways to just reset and uh, reevaluate what you're doing. I don't know about any of, you know, you listening here, but sometimes I get in the mood of just being in, um, self-sabotage. Like, yeah, I know I can go do that to feel better, but I don't want to. And that's your brain trying to keep you safe. That's my brain trying to keep me safe. Um, it knows that there's safety in this feeling, even though it's a miserable feeling, there's still safety here because I know what to expect. I know that, 
Um, I'm not entirely happy at this moment and I'm grumpy and I know that I can be in this. Um, it's, it's way more difficult to shift from that into a happier state. However, being in a happier state, a state where you see more of gratitude, you experience the joy, you are in the flow, that kind of thing, uh, that state is definitely one of the most uplifting states. And I know as we talked about with Alyssa in, you know, two episodes ago about being that center of the storm, and maybe that storm is uh, Charybdis in the water. Um, But being that center so that you're just kind of riding it as it goes and, and, you know, depending on if it's a high or a low, you're just there. And I feel like it's easy to ride the highs and it's difficult to ride the lows. So that's something I'm going to be working on is how to appreciate the highs and appreciate the lows as well. Because, you know, my low today, it really revealed to me how important I'm, you know, these practices are that I've already started stepping into and really wanting to do. And it's an example of how when I show up for myself, then I'm just a happier overall person. In Ayurveda, love and oil both mean the same thing. And that's because whenever you oil your body, you're feeling love around it. You know, your your joints are getting lubricated and you're feeling oily essentially, but like you're feeling um, loved, you're feeling held. And that's one way that whenever um, someone maybe has a difficulty with eating a lot of sweets because that provides more weight, more um, heaviness to the body. And heaviness isn't a bad thing because, you know, for someone like me, I need heaviness. I am very light. And looking at, you know, eating those things that are heavier, that maybe it's a good way to, if you're trying to cut back on that, to give to yourself, to love on yourself. Um, And so I feel like, whenever we aren't giving to ourselves as much, it's, we're very much depleted because we're so tired, but it's almost like self-love is the electrolyte of life. It's a way to give yourself that boost when you're feeling just down and out. Another way I have begun to look at my schedule is by looking at what I can accomplish within the week. So as women those with, you know, wombs, um, we have a roughly 29 to like 32 day cycle, depending on, you know, how long your actual cycle is so that we will transition and have, you know, mood swings within that entire time frame. Men have a 24 hour cycle where they wake up the next morning. They're like, yay, I'm rested. Yay. I'm not, but I'm still here. You know, they have that. That is why as Alyssa has talked about before, we go through those transitions of like just super tired, you know, a couple of days, one week, and then the next week full of energy and the next week, maybe not so full of energy, but still, you know, really um, gearing to get things done, right? So I'm trying to look at my schedule more like a um, a five-week period or maybe even, sorry, five-day period or maybe even a six-day period instead of what do I can I accomplish everything in one day? So, you know, writing out my tasks for the week 
instead of just the day, writing out for the week and then fitting those in. And so maybe one day that looks like, you know, doing some contractor work. And then the next day is when I'm focusing on my book. Maybe that's how I spread it out versus, well, I can sprinkle my book in on, you know, for an hour every single day. And I can sprinkle my contractor work in for an hour every single day. And for some, that is really beneficial. For me, like I've mentioned before, I just do not like having to stop in the middle of something. So that is another tip for if you're really wanting to find a way to fit more time in your schedule, it's choosing big chunks of time throughout an entire week for where you can get certain things accomplished. You know, maybe that's like, you know, cleaning your house. And so on Mondays, you're able to spend an hour just getting everything tidied back up uh, from the weekend. And then throughout the rest of the week, you, uh, maybe dedicate like 15 or 30 minutes to just maintaining that, but it's not feeling like you have to do an intense clean every single day. So that's a tip that I've actually begun to implement. And I feel like I have more time for what I actually want to do. And I don't feel as overwhelmed. I don't feel as, as if I'm losing time, you know, it feels like time just kind of escapes us sometimes. (laughs) So with that being said, my challenge for you this week would be to look at your task list and see, you know, label it like we said, based on the time it takes and choose one thing that you can do that will help you feel productive. And I'm sure we've had this challenge in the past before, but I feel like every day, you know, to go to bed rested and to not feel as, you know, depressed or despondent or upset or anxious about what's happened, we want to end the day on a win. You know, we we want to be able to say, I did this. If nothing else today, I did this. So find what that is for you today, for this week, because that will help you have a more rested mindset when you do go to sleep. Thank you for joining me this week, and I will see you on our next episode.